Now here we go. Hello and welcome to Parents Just Don't Understand. I am your host, Kurt Schiller, and tonight we are talking about one of the biggest properties in media, period, kids or otherwise, uh, that being Star Wars. And tonight we are joined by, dare I say, a thought leader in the field of Star Wars studies, Jack Allison, wow. co-host of Struggle Session and also the host of the Twitch show, Jack AM. Jack, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks so much. Yeah. Uh, what, what, a, what, a, what a kind thing to say that I'm, a, I'm some kind of Star Wars thought leader. Wow. Uh, incredible. I mean, you know, it's, it's true. You, I, I would say that you helped me, uh, reach a new level of my, um, both appreciation and distaste in equal measure for, for Star Wars throughout the era. You, you know, sure. I, I always, I always had a special place in my heart, um, for the Phantom Menace. Uh, mm-hmm. but I think until I, uh, came upon, I guess I'll call it your your critical reevaluation of the prequels. <laughs> um, I, I was ashamed. I was too embarrassed to to like the subsequent film. So you yeah. you've, you've helped me grow as a person. You know, it, it you know, I, I think that the reevaluating uh, of the prequels has has been a healthy and positive thing for all of us. Not not everybody uh, is ready for the gospel, <laughs> but you know, I saw I saw a tweet recently actually that someone was like. Uh, watching it oh i think it was um alex winter alex winter said he was watching the prequels with his kid and his kid was like uh these i don't know if these are the best star wars but they're the most interesting star wars <laughs> i'm like actually like i actually kind of agree with that for the uh, uh for the prequels uh and of course the uh the disney sequel trilogy is just an abomination uh you know it, it's just uh um, you know, it, 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 you know, and I think it's like become self-evident at this point because, you know, of the, of the like failure of it to sort of, uh, uh, work at all as a, as a trilogy. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I know that our, our audience may not be, uh, prequels versus sequels partisans. Um, and so, you know, I kind of want to offer an apologia to them almost that, you know, I think it's fine to like those movies and, and enjoy them. Um, but I think, I think you'd be hard pressed to say that they are as good as, you know, before Disney came in. And that's definitely an aspect of what I want wanted to get at tonight. But of course, talking about them as, you know, their appeal to children as mm-hmm. opposed to to adults, which I think has been part of Disney's strategy in approaching these that I, I think I, I suspect has maybe backfired on them a little bit even. Sure. You know, I think that Star Wars has really always you know had uh, a huge like there it's hugely targeted to children you know what i mean like uh uh i guess the original trilogy less but you know even getting into like return of the jedi like that's very much like george doing some of the same kind of stuff that he ended up doing later in the prequels and like really trying to make it appeal to kids you know um uh, yeah. i feel like star wars like the first star wars is maybe like made for like a teenage audience um and then empire kind of like grows with that audience but jedi is when i feel like lucas is really like oh like we got to like bring in kids with all these movies too totally and what's what's interesting though is that i mean obviously lucas was drawing from his own childhood in making these things and so even though i think he was trying to translate some of that that material into something that maybe was a little bit more grown up than like, you know, the flash Gordon serials that he Mm -hmm. was, he was really front and center in his, in his brain. Like they, they were coming from this place of childhood joy that I think is why, you know, even very little kids have continued, have connected with them for so long. Yeah. And I also think, you know, uh, uh, the big sort of core elements of it, like, you know, so much of it, people talk about this all the time is like, you know, this is George Luke is doing a riff on like uh, uh, on the Joseph Campbell, you know, like the the sort of basic, you know, most prototypical like myth story or whatever. And I think that there are elements to this sort of like prototype, you know, prototype story that just appeal to people on like maybe a base level. You know what I mean? It's like Star Wars, uh, uh, you know, uh, appeals in the same way that like Lord of the Rings will appeal or Hobbit will appeal. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's because it's these sort of like, you know, the hero out of his, you know, element goes to, on a journey and then comes back. It's like, you know, Wizard of Oz is appealing in the same way as like Star Wars is to kids because it is just, uh, um, you know, such a such a 
nice exp- it's like you know what what he did was like hang ornaments on like the most basic uh, uh story structure yeah and what one of the things that we like to talk about on on this show uh, that comes up over and over again is that when you're dealing with like making media that's meant to appeal to kids like kids come into things with no preconceptions so like if you reference another movie obviously they have no idea right. what you know what that's a reference to but they also have like a very different understanding of you know ki- kids often don't pick up on things like, oh, this is a threatening scene. They just feel these things at like a deep spinal level that mm-hmm. they, they don't have the language to explain right. yet. And I, I think that Lucas was really good at tapping into that. And you can see that in the way that it resonated with kids. Like, I, I think everyone has those childhood experiences. Uh, you know, not everyone grew up with Star Wars, but of the people that it really took hold in their brain, I think. Sure. You know, it's almost like those flashbulb memories of like, well, where were you when the Challenger disaster happened? Like, sure, I can remember perfectly the first time that I saw Star Wars as a little kid. Yeah. And, you know, it is an interesting thing because it's like, you know, as a little kid, it is just like this all like looks cool. You know what I mean? Like, it's like a simple enough story that you can follow it. Like you got, you know, the 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 character archetypes are like, you know, pretty uh, uh, like easy to follow you know what i mean it's yeah. like again it's such a uh it's such like a stripped down story you know what i mean it's like a it's like and by design it's like a fable or something like that yeah and like when went to, to, to your point about the characters you know I, I think kids need to understand what type of character someone is like they 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 need to know as soon as a character shows up like okay who is this person and especially like the original movies, especially and e- even I- I honestly, like even the prequels and the sequels c- kind of do like a decent job of like giving they they, they show you who the people are mm. as soon as they show up on screen. You're not like, oh, what's or in the cases where they don't, it's usually like they're intentionally misleading you, like like with Yoda or something. Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. You know, I, I feel like, you know, uh, when you're a little kid, I, I just kind of like. It, there's something that's so like, again, I like liken it to like, you know, Wizard of Oz or something like that. Like there just is like a sort of fantastical quality to it. You know what I mean? Like there is a, a and I don't know, like, um, you know, these things sort of like imprint on your brain. Like, you know, I'll, I don't remember like the whole watching the entire, you know, Return of the Jedi as a kid. But I remember like seeing what Jabba the Hutt looks like when I was a kid, <laughs> like, you know, uh, like being like blown away by what the fuck is this thing <laughs> when I'm a little kid because again it is like it's also sort of like boiled down and base you know what I mean it's like Jabba the Hutt is supposed to be this like you know awful uh, uh, cartel leader or whatever and so he's made into this big gigantic slug who's like as like just like a booger you know what I mean he's like <laughs> he looks like you know it's like and it is this sort of like basic form that even kids can understand it's like a slug you know that yeah. like and you know compared against like Jabba, for example, uh, in the original, when when he originally shot uh, New Hope, there was the scene with Jabba just who was like a man. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then they ended up recutting that to like use the CG Jabba and everything like that. But just that, you know, it's an interesting thing to like look at Lucas's like evolution, you know, uh, between these three movies of like, you know, in the original one, it was like kind of all people interacting with each other. And by the third one, he's like, so into like the big symbols and everything that it's like, you know, it's the Godfather, but like times, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, the Godfather in space, pretty much like he really <laughs> did just do like the Godfather as a, you know, big, uh, uh, disgusting creature. So you you mentioned it in passing already, and I wanted to jump back to it. Um, I I would love to. We we always like to ask guests like what their own childhood experience with the media in question was, if indeed they had one. So sure. you know, I did. Did you grow up with Star Wars? And, and yeah, if so, you know, you know, how did you come into them? What did you think? You know, I uh, uh, I do like I I just feel like Star Wars has always like existed in my life. You know what I mean? Like I was born in 1986. And so, you know, uh, my parents, my dad did special effects. You know what I mean? And so it's like Star Wars was just like around my house. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I don't really remember, you know, exactly the first time I would have seen it or anything like that. But we were people who had a. Uh, uh, you know, we 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 were people who had VHS early and everything like that. So I imagine it would have been on a VHS tape or something. Uh, uh, um, but yeah, like I kind of just you know remember Star Wars having always been there. I do remember that like my friend uh, had laser disc, and so they had the laser discs of uh, Star <laughs> Wars, which was cool and like looked better. You know, uh, um, but yeah, Star Wars it just it, like it, it it's like an odd thing. You know, uh, um, it feels like 
like pervasive as pervasive as like religion or something you know uh uh as far as like the world that i've like lived in <laughs> yeah what one of the things that i've thought about often is i i i definitely remember I, I saw Star Wars the first time at uh, my friend Christopher's house. I must have been <laughs> maybe six or seven. It was his birthday party. We were downstairs. Uh, he had like a thick, like 80s shag rug in in his basement. Um, and they were like, oh, here's this movie that we like. And I was like, okay, let's see this. And it was actually Empire Strikes Back. So I actually saw Empire first. Um, and it occurred to me that, you know, a- apart from the first hour or whatever hour and a half of that movie i have never known who darth vader is and not also <laughs> known that spoilers sorry he's luke skywalker's father right yeah you know it's a funny thing like i don't remember whether i found out before or after like because i certainly don't remember like being surprised ever by that revelation <laughs> like i that you know it's such a funny thing because i feel like you know, people who actually grew up with the franchise and went to them in theaters as they came out, like, look at that as like this, like insane twist that occurred or whatever. But I don't know. Like, I feel like I maybe even knew about it from like cartoons or something like that before I saw it. It just feels like that's always been part of my knowledge about Star Wars is that, you know, Vader is uh, 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 is Luke's father. Well, it's and it's it's interesting because like the idea of spoilers or of like keeping stuff secret, like it it did come up, but it wasn't it wasn't this like constructed advertising thing. Like nobody talk about the story, nobody talk about it. Like sometimes, um, I was talking about this re- recently with with someone uh, that when the Matrix came out, most people were surprised that it was a simulation because they didn't feature that in the advertising but like that was even then like that was like the beginning of when people would have this kind of online chatter about you know upcoming movies of course when star wars was coming out there was there was like trade press and i guess there might be like fanzines um but there was none of this like don't say anything about the movie because apart from the specific things that were released there there was no other information like you might learn something from like you know, a, a branded Burger King glass that, that they released a month beforehand, but that was about it. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, that's another funny thing is that, you know, it, you know, I, again, like I, I was born in 1986 and I feel like Star Wars was always around on VHS and everything like that, but that does not exempt us, you know, or me from uh, uh, having been through like many, many marketing pushes of <laughs> Star Wars stuff. You know what I mean? Like Star Wars toys were even always like a big deal, even, you know, in like the 90s. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I like still wanted Princess like Leia and knew that that would be rare or whatever and had all the different Star Wars toys and everything like that. Um, you know, and and another interesting thing about Star Wars is that like I went, you know, we went through the the re-release of them and that kind of yes. came that those kind of came out like as I was like reaching another age to be into Star Wars. You know, it's an interesting thing. Star Wars is like a lot of these franchises. Uh, uh, they try to sort of like reboot it for every generation. You know what I mean? And so like, you know, the one for my generation was like the re-releases the special edition re-releases into the prequels you mm-hmm. know uh, um and now we're into like another sort of attempt at that and this one is like the sort of disney reboot at it or whatever uh, uh, and i think we can see you know uh, uh you know better we can see more clearly now uh, uh why what lucas brought to it was uh was was more special you know what i mean in both in both instances what so I, I mean I mean I want to I want to poke at that a little bit. What what do you think was special for you about about Star Wars? Like as a kid, what like what grabbed onto your brain? I think it is just sort of you know how unique uh, uh, and specific a like universe it is. You know what I mean? And sort of like how it does feel like it like coheres in a weird way uh, that also feels very sort of identifiable and like sort of Americana. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it does have these kind of like, it's a very American franchise. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's interesting that, you know, it doesn't do as well in China, for example, they don't mm-hmm. have like a, a sort of a, a, as big a fascination with star Wars, but you know, I don't know. I guess it just is this sort of, it's 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 the it's almost like the prototype of the sort of like American version of the hero's journey, you know, uh, uh, in the same way that maybe like Superman and that kind of stuff uh, uh, is for the American serial pulp. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, there's just something like it, it. it's like our 
<laughs> it just it, it's like it's one of our main cultural exports or something. It's like one of the main sort of definers of our uh, American culture. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And it's 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 funny, of course, that, you know, Lu- Lucas had just come out of literally making a movie about Americana, American graffiti, of course. Um, and, and it's it's funny that like that's been that's been part of his his like filmography since the very beginning. I, I mean, a, apart from, I guess, THX 1138 doesn't really have any particular connection to that. But uh, outside of that, I, I think I think one of the things that um, always appealed to me as a kid that I think about all the time, um, because a lot of media fails to do this now, I think. But with with Star Wars, it feels like a very open setting in a way that, rem- that appealed to me as, as a kid. And by open, I mean like it felt like you were only getting a small glimpse of a much larger realm right. of potential. Like I could imagine as a kid, I could imagine myself being in the star Wars universe and having right. adventures that were beyond the scope that didn't right. necessarily involve anything, like any of the main characters or right. the main it, plot. it invites imagination. You know what I exactly. mean? Like, like star Wars does show you such a small sliver, but it feels so, but it, but it still does feel so like unique. It does feel like it's like a, a singular vision or something like that. Like it feels like, you know, I don't know. Like, I guess that like Lucas was like an exceptional author. You know what I mean? Like you almost think about it as like, uh, what is it that sort of like is the X factor that comes to these? You know, what is the sort of X factor that elevates it beyond just being sort of paint by numbers? And I'm like, I guess that is like that this th- synthesis all happened in Lucas's brain. You know what I mean? It's like, that's where it all lived. Even if like, even if, you know, he wasn't writing the entire EU or anything like that, just that he was still sort of approving it. Like he knew, he just knows all the little weird yeah. rules. You know <laughs> what I mean? That like no one else knows. Like, I feel like they would come to him with stories and he'd be like, well, no, they would never do that. And they'd be like, well, whatever you say, you know what I mean? Like, uh, 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 I don't know. I think that there, that, that is maybe just the sort of like, the the actual sort of like spark of human creativity is what's missing out of like the the new ones. We're, we're, so were were you an expanded universe guy uh, growing you up? Know, I re- I wasn't as uh, except for the video games. Uh, yeah. uh, although I have like in the sort of wake of Disney Star Wars, gotten a little bit into the extended universe, and like I you know it's its own weird thing. It's its own weird thing, but I kind of like it for sort of. I guess the ambition of it, like for them to have done this big, a shared universe and have, you know, just to like to do something on this scale, <laughs> it's like, you could only do it uh, uh, if it was something like star Wars. Yeah. And there's something about the, 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 the way that they flesh it out over time. Um, so I, I uh, got into the expanded universe. Was it really like the first science fiction or some of the first science fiction that I really got into? And it's because when I was, I don't know, I was like 12 or so, right when I was like very much like looking for stuff to read, I went to Disney World with my family and we went on star tours and I was, I was, you know, freaking out about it because I was, I was a kid. Um, And, you know, it's, it was, it was awesome. Presumably still is awesome. One hopes. Um, And we got back to the hotel and unbeknownst to me, my mom had gotten me um, a couple of the expanded universe books and was like, here, I thought you'd like these. And I spent the rest of that trip, like just wanting to read the books. Like I, I almost like lost interest in in Disney World. Um, and the thing that I loved about them was that they would take things that were like you you would glimpse them briefly in the movies, uh, like the cantina scene, you know, w- one of those first books that I had was uh the tales from the most Eisley cantina where basically mm-hmm. everyone who's in the background of that oh, yeah, shot that's a, great, that's a fun that's yeah. one of the like anthology books right yeah exactly yeah yeah and they all get like their own little short that's story cool. and they're like filled with like weird pathos and like See, that's serious the kind of shit i like i'm like that's a, that's what i mean about like this is such a weird enterprise to have done this like shared sci-fi universe with like a bunch of different authors where everything needs to be approved by george lucas it's like you know even in its like failures i still kind of appreciate the like like, I don't know, just the complexity and weirdness of the extended universe. And I think it's like more interesting, more interesting than like what ended up happening with Disney. Like at least the extended universe within its flaws. And I haven't read all of it uh, is 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 more interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's I, I read probably all of it up until around 98 
99. Um, and sure. then I, I just kind of moved on to other things. So you read um, all of like, you read basically like what I've read right now. I'm, I'm up yeah. through, uh, I'm basically up through the Thrawn, uh, duology, the like, mm-hmm. you know, the sequel duology yes. or whatever, yep. but I read, you know, I read Thrawn and then I read like the Han Solo Corellia trilogy or whatever. Yep. And I read, um, Jedi Academy trilogy, which is kind of bad. And, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, there, there's definitely, it's, it's weird. Funny. It's its own weird thing. Well, it's, it's funny because like some of them that you never quite know what you're going to get from those. I, I, I think that there was like the young Jedi Knights that was marketed mm-hmm. explicitly as a young adult book. Yeah. But outside of that, like the Jedi Academy series is pretty much a young adult book versus yeah. The like Thrawn stuff is is I, I they would probably call it like new new adult now yeah. like where it's like er, late teens early twenties yeah um but there there was there was enough freedom that they could get these like pr- pretty now a lot of them are pretty well established sci fi authors who were kind of like journeyman authors just you know trying to make ends meet at the time right um and they gave them enough freedom to do weird stuff with them like the one that I always remember is uh the one where the the devil-faced guy from, from 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 the cantina has like a showdown with Boba Fett and it turns out that the guy's like a war criminal and gets ripped apart by dogs after Boba Fett captures him and brings him back to to like the 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 place where he did some some massacre or some war crime and I'm like this is thinking like looking back on it, I was reading that when I was like 14 or 15 I was like wow that's that's like kind of intense I'm kind of amazed that they let them get away with that stuff in a way that Disney would never would, yeah. would never do that yeah, no, I, I I appreciate again the sort of like I think that they uh, had a better sense in the extended universe of like we're building a sci-fi universe and we're trying to do myth here and stuff like that. And I think that Disney, you know, is trying to build a position where they can kind of tread water. You know what I mean? I think mm-hmm. that Disney's you know happier spot is like a Marvel model uh, uh, where it's just sort of like there's a status quo and then here's some stories that happen within that status quo like Star Wars has never been about status quo in any of its incarnations like it's actually like always very weird like it's always like really advancing plot like in a big way (laughs) across all of it you know what I mean like there's never really been a a Star Wars status quo uh, uh, until now what they're trying to build yeah, it, it almost reminds me of um, it, it It feels like what they're trying to do is kind of like, did, did you ever see any of the the comics, the, the Star Wars comics that they did b- before Empire uh, came out where it was just like, here's some more adventures with oh, yeah, uh, like, Luke and there Han was... and Leia and like a space rabbit? <laughs> yeah, and like, I think there was a book around that time, too, that like. There was something around that time that had Anakin in it, and it like he wasn't Darth Vader. Like there was some oh, sort yes. of like story about Obi Wan and Anakin and like the Clone Wars or whatever, and it just was like not. It just isn't how it worked out. <laughs> but yeah, like this has always been a kind of you know constantly evolving like meta story, like from the beginning. You know what I mean? Like this is a this was the first sort of. Uh, blockbuster property mm-hmm. uh, uh that you know of which like there are so so many now since you are such a uh, profound defender and uh, champion of the <laughs> prequel trilogy I-, I wanted to ask you about something that i remember hearing at the time over and over and over again when they were coming out so you l- like you i went and saw all the re-releases in the theaters yeah um throughout the 90s as as they were coming out and i remember when uh phantom menace came out i I remember people people liked it some people were on the it was definitely like a a divisive film a bit even at the time but the thing i always heard people say as a defense was the kids who are growing up with this now that this is their their first star wars movie aren't going to to care that it it doesn't there are aspects of it that aren't what you were expecting so i wanted to ask you about that because i have kind of mixed feelings about that myself even today so my perspective on all the star wars re-releases is that they're all valid in their own way you know what i mean i really actually think that like each star wars re-release like represents like a different period of in time and like lucas's sort of perspective on like what that time period star wars should look like you know what i mean so i like have great love for you know the de-specialized sort of you know original version Mm -hmm. of it and i have a copy of that here you know i also have 
another copy of like the 97 special edition re-release and then i also have like the 4k disney plus one like i you know it's people have complained a lot about george lucas going back in and tinkering and i i think that there's like valid sort of like film archival complaints that people have made and i do think that like he's been a little bit weird uh, uh but you know weird in a way that like an artist is allowed to be weird you know what i mean i think he's like weird and such like because people would want it so bad but he's like it's like a it's it's interesting it helps like watching each of the different star wars re-releases like helps build your portrait of like who this guy george lucas is as an artist you know what i mean and like and they all exist you know what i mean like uh, he doesn't sell them but they all exist right. you can find them Right. And, and more to the point, it's there is a guy there's George Lucas is yeah. a person who was like, I want to change this because and he can he can tell you it's in a very like personal terms, as opposed to like if Disney re-releases the sequels right. and changes a bunch of stuff, th there's not going to be a guy who's no like, yeah, I didn't like this anything. anymore. The thing that I always think about the Star Wars re-releases is that Lucas also did a special edition re-release of THX. <laughs> yeah, and Nobody yep. fucking wants that. Nobody was asking for the THX re-release. This guy's just compelled to do this. You know what I mean? Like, I think that like everyone's like, he wants money, he wants money, and I think that's per perfectly a part of it also. But I also think that like, He's got insecurity about himself as an artist and he sees things that he can perfect. And like he is at this position where he's like was able to go back and tinker and perfect. You know what I mean? Like it's interesting. It's just interesting, uh, uh, you know, uh, um, with all, you know, just uh, uh, because this guy is the, this, you know, sort of mastermind behind, like what I said, the uh, the first ever, you know, blockbuster uh, uh, property. Mm hmm. So with do you, how do you feel that argument holds up with like the Phantom Menace? Like, do, do you think that the kids who were, I don't know, six or seven when the Phantom Menace came out, do you think that that became their their Star Wars? Yes, I do, actually. And I think, that, you know, I went to, you know, when one of the things that like because I was for a little while like a, a a the prequels suck guy. You know what I mean? We all got pulled in. We, we all like, were. Every, what everyone the, like, was. If you the were on the internet of in the was. early 2000s, yeah. everybody was. You know, I remember going to see Phantom Menace in theaters and like walking out feeling like a little bit like, I don't know what I thought of that movie. There's cool stuff or whatever. Like I was like not sure. And then like it was the like this sort of like group think thing. We all decided that like it sucks. It's the worst ever or whatever. But one of the things that like, you know, that you know, I have a you know, I have a friend, Bug Main, who uh, uh, is a a, buzz a buzz. big proponent and helped uh, uh, me to find the truth about the uh, the Star Wars prequels. But one of the things, even before you know, uh, uh, coming in you know contact with the truth, you know, that is Bug Main, uh, uh, was that I went to one of the like Star Wars live uh, uh, music things at like the Hollywood Bowl here, and there were younger people sitting in front of me and they were flipping out at all the prequel stuff and i was like actually it is badass <laughs> like they were like having such love for it and i was like then i was like kind of wanting to be shitty about it i'm like do they have to do the fucking stupid prequel <laughs> stuff or whatever and then i was like actually like it's fucking badass to hear fucking duel of the fates and like darth maul is so sweet and like i was like actually like and they like even like liked jar jar they like cheered mm -hmm. for jar jar i was like wait a second like is there like stuff to love in these movies? Like, and you know, like, should we like open our hearts to that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm torn about it because, you know, kids, uh, uh, even like young kids, it, it's, it's hit or miss is my understanding. My kids have not yet watched uh, the, uh, the only thing that they have seen is some of the clone wars cartoon. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, no, this, they're, they're still a little bit young for this. Yeah. Um, but uh, the the people that I know who have kids who are a little bit older, like Star Wars, Star Wars is cool. They do like Jar Jar. They do like Darth Maul. <laughs> but they also do like the old stuff for the most part. Yeah. Although you, you do hear people saying like when they tried to show them a new hope, they're like, Dad, I don't want to watch this old this like old time movie. <laughs> it like looks bad to them, I guess. And it's like it's harder, you know, like A New Hope is my favorite of all of them. I think it's the best Star Wars movie. Um, but it's also like you know uh, so much of my love for that is like you know what it is in the context of of history and everything like that and what they were able to like accomplish with less and everything you know uh it's like original star wars i understand why that's like a, a slightly more acquired taste you know what i mean there's a big reason why most people like uh empire strikes back as their favorite one but absolutely i think that you know when i, I think that kids 
definitely, you know, uh, um, you know, every sort of zoomer that I've talked to or whatever, like they, it seems like they all like are into the prequels and like, you know, it came at a time in there. And also, you know, I think that, you know, uh, uh, we, you know, uh, we were just also like jaded about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? We were too jaded that we weren't like, we weren't willing to accept, you know, George doing like a very sort of basic, you know, yep. uh, uh, heroic story again. We weren't ready to watch something like myth again. We like wanted it, like we wanted, you know, it to be like more modern or something, but you know, I swear that these Disney sequels, like no one will ever watch them again. And I'm like, the prequels like have weirdness in them. They have like things we remember and like places that we remember and like imagery and stuff like that. So let's 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 talk about the the sequels and then the media surrounding the sequels, because sure. I, I think there's a really interesting thing where Disney explicitly you can you can tell a few years before the sequel started coming out that they were like, Oh, we need to get kids into Star Wars. And right. honestly, even the thought, even the fact that they thought they needed to get kids into Star Wars is like kind of a funny one. Yeah, because they already do. You they, know what they, I mean? Kids but never like, stopped this liking I, Star Wars. Well, this is also like an executive thought thing. You know what I mean? They're like, okay, like we're gonna like acclimate a new generation to love kids, and so let's like apply all the little like thoughts and you know uh, uh, TED talks we've watched about like what little children think and everything like that. Like you know, it's the this sort of like. You know, I watched the one that you sent me. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah. So let's let's talk about that. Force Star Wars Forces of Destiny. I I, I believe is the title. Um, it's it's a it's it was originally a web series. It's now on uh, Disney Plus, and it's basically like four minute long shorts that each tell like a little micro story, almost just like a skit. Almost, it's not even like a story. Um, where like Ray will and BB-8 will encounter a monster that eats metal they, and run through they, the they, forest. They, I also think they like kind of weirdly make an effort to have it like fit into like continuity. <laughs> like, yes. Oddly, like they kind of like fit these into weird and it's like so unnecessary, but they like fit these into moments that like did exist in, you know, actual Star Wars. It's like very strange. They like this is a little like flash animated cartoon about like the time that like Han Solo and Ray were like going to Maz Kanata's planet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this like two minute occurrence in the film. Yeah. And it's what's, what's weird about it is that you would have to have watched. It's, it's almost like they made it with an adult watching it with a kid in mind because a kid is not going to care. Like, where precisely does this fall? They're going to recognize the characters and be like, okay, that's Ray. That's Maz Kanata. Okay. This, this, this makes sense. This is consistent with what I know about, about those characters, but yeah, they try to fit it narrowly into a specific moment in the movies. And the, the themes are like, they feel too designed for kids. Like my, yeah. um, my, my, uh, four-year-old or almost four-year-old, like just kind of bounced, bounced off of it. Like she just, she just didn't care. There wasn't yeah. enough to latch onto. It feels very like it feels like almost like those like it feels like it's like made by an algorithm or a computer yeah. or something like that. <laughs> like they like they like go out of their way to make the dialogue like too simple. Like most of the lines are like like Chewy, he's good. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to get there. Like let me get the item and then get that to them. Is that okay? You know what I mean? It's like a it's like it's so Blues Clues in a way that I think that yes. like you know Star Wars you know uh. uh never sort of had that tone like it appealed to kids because it like excited the imagination not because it was like fucking dora the explorer or whatever you know yeah and like not not only like i i could understand if they went for the child like the little kids show feel if they were actually trying to make a little kids show like to your point about like dora the explorer like dora the explorer teaches kids things yeah These shorts don't teach kids anything but they're also not like challenging them on an imagination level or like an artistic level like they're not going to get anything out of them apart from like please stay subscribed to disney plus because your child will cry if you unsubscribe and you can't watch this anymore although you can because it's because it's on youtube yeah you know uh, uh it does it just feels it felt very much to me like I'm like, well, like there's a reason why they have put this up as a 45 minute clip for free on YouTube, because like that's where they're putting little kids, I guess, mm -hmm. is just to watch. And this is like this is like, you know, 
this is not about teaching kids. It's about teaching kids to like be fans of Star yes. Wars. You know what I mean? Like it's a commercial. Not, it's a little it's a commercial, commercial. For, so that they'll like want to watch Force Awakens. You know what I mean? Or just it's like that's another vector for them to be able to sell a toy of Ray or something like that. You know, I also thought it was very interesting. It's like you watch that thing and it's like it is a real sampler platter of like all the different. It's like Ahsoka and fucking Han Solo. It's like it's like, you know, <laughs> it's a this little sampler platter of like, would you like to would you like to choose clone wars or would you like to watch the sequel trilogy you know what i mean did you notice that they 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 got the actual like movie cast and and i know it's so pathetic that daisy well not harrison harrison didn't do it but like daisy is having to do these lines is like unbelievable to me i'm like man they got these people under like real hard harsh contracts over there the the mickey mouse club the woman who voices uh, Jin Erso, whose name escapes me, I I, I noticed bailed after season one. Um, of, so so she must like, have gotten I'm not out even or they bought out her contract. Movies anymore. So what the fuck? I don't I don't want anything to do with this like flash cartoon. <laughs> yeah, and to, to the point about the art style, it's very. It, it reminds me of like the Aaron Insurance commercials from like ten years ago. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like this. Like just strikes me as like I look at it and again I feel like it's like built by algorithm. It feels like it's like designed for like precisely the least amount of money that you can spend yep. <laughs> on like a show for children you know what i mean it's like they are spending like the littlest amount of money possible on this because it's just a fucking you know advertisement this is like a instead of it being like a 30 second pre-roll for kids it's a 45 minute pre-roll for kids so that it like really imprints into your brain it's interesting that you say it looks like an insurance commercial because it's probably done it's like probably an insurance people. commercial you yeah. know <laughs> <laughs> yeah and what's, what's weird is like it I, I think it it underestimates kids in sure. that like even very young kids can can see stuff much more complex than this and much more like thematically and and artistically challenging than this and that that yeah. would honestly be a better way to get them into it is to do like showing a kid the Clone Wars cartoon right. um, would be a much better way of getting them into Star Wars than than this even a young kid. Yeah, you know, uh, my, my the thing I think is interesting about it is like you have to look at it from the perspective of like who's making Star Wars, and this like applies to both the sequel trilogy and this you know kids cartoon that we watch. What is it like called like Star Wars like Destinies or something? Forces like of that? Destiny. They have a Forces, nice Forces of Destiny. It's like you know the way, the way George Lucas looked at Star Wars is that like this is like a story, an ongoing story he's telling you know about a, a, a universe that he's created or something. Disney is looking at it as like a very, very pricey investment that they made mm -hmm. and they have to be very, very safe about it. And so that like desire for everything to be safe and to not take any risks, like gets you a sort of like nonsensical sequel trilogy, the same as it gets you like these kind of like cartoons that make no choice. Like these are cartoons that are designed so that it's like kids will watch them and become aware of the characters. And like if the parents ever saw them, like you said, you started showing your kid Clone Wars and you were like, this is not maybe like good enough for kids. This is like designed not for no parent to have that feeling. Exactly. You know totally. I mean? yeah. Like it's designed to be so unchallenging that because you want them to be able to get through the full 45 minutes so that they meet all of these characters so that they are like properly indoctrinated. You, it, It's funny that, that you mentioned the like algorithmic uh YouTube content because it it really does in some ways feel like those weird like Russian yeah, like YouTube the, videos. What is it like, Daddy? Whatever, like yeah. uh, Elsa telling lies, telling Spider Man, lies and, and they go to the yeah. park. Whatever. It yeah. feels like weird. It's like like you know those <laughs> algorithmically generated videos are like kind of being done in house at Disney now. You know what yeah. I mean? They're like, okay, well, what works about these algorithmic videos? Like, let's do that with a uh, Ray. <laughs> yeah, and like like. As a parent, what I would have wanted from this is either for them to do something new, like it actually would be interesting to do like a younglings cartoon or something sure. like that, um, where you have new characters. Which they do in Clone design. Wars, of course. There's a whole, or, right. there's a whole lot of arcs about the younglings going on their little adventures and everything like that. Um, but yeah, I agree with you that it's like there is so much space to do interesting things, but then. They'd be trying to do something interesting. They, yeah. the, the the intention here is to make people aware that Ray exists and that like there are Ray toys out there you can get and you can actually <laughs> continue to watch Ray in the movies that you can get if you just pay for the streaming service that you need to tell your parents that you have to get. Have you ever seen uh, the uh, Gendy Tarkovsky? Um, oh yeah, it's great. It's great. That I, I actually think so. So this is like a parent recommendation to other parents out there who are hesitant or about you know getting kids into stuff. Those I, I think would actually be a very good starting point because there's only violence to robots really in that, from what I can recall. 
There's not yeah. a lot of genuine peril, but again, it's made by uh, Gendy Tarkovsky, who did Samurai Jack, and is very like invented with art and yeah. visual storytelling. So, like kids will get something out of this, not in like a didactic like here's yeah. the lesson you'll learn sense, but no, I think it would like help visually cool. Art. Yeah, What's listen, it? I the Gendy, it's just like visually awesome. Yeah, like, Gendy Tartakovsky is like such a good visual director and like a, a, a great animator. Like honestly, I even watched fucking. I watched Hotel Transylvania 2 on a plane, uh, and it was actually like pretty cool, <laughs> to be honest with you, just because Gendy Tartakovsky animation is awesome. And anyway, I guess that like a lot of the stuff that was in Hotel Transylvania 2 was originally supposed to be in his Popeye movie. Uh, oh, which, I didn't know uh, that. Yeah, That's why yeah, it, it like all takes place on like a cruise ship. And so I'm like, oh, it's all like <laughs> on the water. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, the, the ending one is like so cool. It like, you know. Uh, it, it's just like so kinetic and like, you know, has uh, uh, is, is you know, I, I feel like kids would like that just for sort of like the uh, uh, just how I mean, animation is like, uh, uh, yeah, uh, obviously so appealing. And it's it's weird that they're actually basically the same format as this, where they're like four to five minute right. shorts that are, can be strung together and like into like. A, but like again, a it's about like minute movie. But even the Gendy one, and I wonder, I, I, because I know they did the Gendy Clone Wars, and then they did like the actual in-house Lucasfilm mm -hmm. Clone Wars or whatever. And I wonder how much what Lucas thought about the Gendy Clone Wars or whatever, because like there are things like power creep issues that I feel like Lucas would have had an issue oh, with. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, there's like Yoda um, like holding the all like the whole fleet back or whatever. I feel like Lucas, if I'm like guessing how it went down at Lucas Arts, it's like I feel like you know. They made that and like their complaints were like, well, this is not like consistent or whatever. You know what I mean? And then they went and made like the Clone Wars cartoon and actually like, you know, had some like missteps, like the first little bit of Clone Wars. They're kind of finding their footing or whatever. But the series ends up being like really, really good uh, uh, toward the end. So, I mean. This is an interesting point of contrast, I think, between the LucasArts era and the Disney era that definitely works in favor of people making something like Clone Wars is my understanding of it is there, there's quotes out there where Lucas basically says, like, I don't view the expanded universe as being canon. Like, it's Star Wars and I want it to feel like Star Wars and I want it to mesh with it. But I like I don't actually like care about it, basically. Like, like he 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 didn't view it as being his creation and so at some point he didn't feel like wedded to it like he he, he didn't care right. if he just blew away chunks of it but it yeah. wasn't it wasn't for like a cynical business reason it was because like well that, that's not my thing but it's cool that they're doing that and i'd yeah. like it to like fit alongside of it right yeah you know i think the gendy car cartoon is like very very cool and i feel like kids will like it just in the sort of like classic animation mold like maybe even for the same reasons that they like you know like Tom and Jerry, you know what I mean? Just because yeah. it's like, it's like, you know, and it's like almost entirely visual uh, and just like all about the like movement uh, and kineticism. Yeah. And there's, there's mostly silent episodes. There's yeah. like, there's like this weird Mace Windu episode where he basically goes Dragon Ball Z on like thousands and thousands <laughs> of robots and is just punching them. And he's not, yeah. I, he's like, I don't even think he has his, his lightsaber for most of it. Um, and there's basically no speech throughout the entire thing. It's a very Samurai Jack type, type episode like it feels like an episode of that yeah yeah uh it does you know it is like you know it's uh it that 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 show is basically like you know that's like gendy unbound yeah. and like doing his <laughs> like most animators animator stuff you know what i mean like i feel like that's like right pre samurai jack too so it's like right when he got into like i'm doing like my real like adult animation yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. you know i am an uh, artiste now yeah i'm an artiste so um, my my last thing that I wanted to ask about was and, you know, obviously you're not a parent, but I'm, I'm curious what you think about this, this angle. What do you think that kids are going to think about the sequel trilogy now? Like if there were, you know, little kids going to see it. I have no idea. You know what I mean? Like, I, I have no idea what the future will hold. Like, maybe I'll go sometime to, like, you know, another concert if we're ever allowed to have large gatherings again of, uh, uh, you know, Star Wars uh, and find, like, a bunch of, you know, like, younger kids, like, you know, loving Ray and uh, uh, Finn and everything like that. I, I, I just... I wonder how much love there will be for these because they just don't have as much imagination and they, you know... Uh, uh, I don't know. They just um, they don't like feel as like exciting or cohesive to me, but I have no idea. Maybe there'll be real love for it. Maybe uh, 
maybe everyone sees these movies and so everyone will just by default be nostalgic for them i i have noticed ki- kids do seem to really like ray as a character um i i, I it's clear that that was disney's intent they were like this yeah. is this is the character that kids are going to like right um ray and bb8 and i it seems like they like they succeeded at that um and i don't necessarily like like i don't think that ray is a bad character and i get why kids uh, like like Ray, I get why they like some of the other things that, that they seem to like. But you know, as a parent, I have some misgivings about the tone of those movies, even sure. like, compared to the original movies. Where, like, yes, there's there's violence and very dark moments in the originals, um, but in much the same way that like the Marvel uh, movies don't to me feel like kids movies because they kind of linger on the the violence, mm, like. Sure. Um, like the the part where you know the uh Han Solo's death in, in the first movie feels like a very adult like it, like we're going to psych out the adults and i don't know like i first of all just from like a violence level that's way more violent right. than Obi-Wan getting cut down by Darth Vader where he just kind sure. of like disappears into yeah. a robe and falls yeah, on the just ground like the robe falls to the ground yeah it's very very there's not a lot of like I mean, like they only have blood even once in the uh, in the original Star Wars when he like cuts uh, an arm off in the uh, yeah Panda Baba yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's like a horror movie like ah moment that yeah that, like uh, <laughs> yeah yeah and then they cut away they're not like we're, you you're gonna see Harrison Ford dying right <laughs> yeah like getting like stabbed and then falling over dead and then just like the the fact that the tone is so like. It, it it feels so self-serious in a way that the originals don't and the, the the prequels really don't even either. Like the prequels have a very different feel from the original trilogy that I, I'm I'm I, I would be comfortable with most of the prequels for, you know, a fairly young kid and really the entire original trilogy. Like there's 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 a weird sort of like safe violence where you know that violence is bad, unlike the Marvel films where it's like we're having fun sm- smashing a city. I don't want my kids really seeing that because there's like it's just it minimizes the impact of violence. And the, the original trilogy doesn't do that, um, but it manages to not be like grotesque in a way that takes it outside of what I'm comfortable showing a kid. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I do think that, like, again, like uh, what Lucas was trying to do with these original ones is like sort of stripped so stripped down, you know, uh, uh, and so about sort of like bigger themes and emotion and stuff like that, like that it doesn't really ha- need that. It doesn't have these, you know, you know, sort of more grim moments, like with the bloody st- stormtroopers, like bloody handprint and, you know, stabbing <laughs> Han Solo and all this kind of stuff. It's something I hadn't really considered, but, you know, you're right that they are a little bit more like grim in that sort of modern way. Yeah. And, and but while at the same time, like feeling like lighter, like it, it, it doesn't land as well. There's not actually as much import, even though they have a much they're trying for a much more serious tone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's really uh, I, I, I think that about does it for uh, for 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 Star Wars. I, I mean, you know, I'm I always like to close out with kind of like what's what's the highs and lows for for showing kids you know, the media or, you know, how can you get kids into it? Um, we, we talked about, I, I think that you were, you're, you're very right that like the, the, the Gendy cartoon is like possibly a oh, pretty yeah. good place to start for kids that are a little bit older. Uh, the, the clone wars. I mean, maybe uh, even that like clone wars, like movie, even though it's like not good, it's yeah. like maybe good for kids with like, like talking Jabba and stuff like that. Like that might actually be a good place to start for kids. And I, I think I think also just the original trilogy, like especially for like a pretty young kid, I, I think is fine. Like I think it holds up, and I I don't think there's anything in there that is that is too over the top that a, a kid is going to be, you know, like or that a parent is going to be like, oops, I don't want right. them seeing this. Yeah, um, it, they're not like uh, they're just not that violent, really. I guess like even though there's a lot of like shooting and lasers or and swords and stuff like that, they're all kind of like you know, sort of stripped down very much to like, you know, uh, uh, just colors flying and people falling over and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do, do you think that you learned anything from from growing up with, with Star Wars or from Star Wars itself? I think that Star Wars, you know, and this is maybe giving it too much, but like it take it like these, you know, these do take on the power of like religion. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I didn't grow up like with the church or anything like that. And so like these feel like the places where you learn, like, you know, 
<laughs> like these sort of basic human truths that you learn like i don't know necessarily that it's only star wars but like the pantheon of all the different sort of like mythic pop culture you know what i mean it's like that all kind of like makes up i guess like you're you're learning about morality or something mm -hmm. I, I i think i think that's that's bang on and the other thing i would add is um you know if if you are a parent who cares about you know genre fiction or genre media and like like fantasy and sci-fi um, the, the whole reason that I am interested in sci-fi that I grew up being interested in sci-fi is because I was given those expanded universe books and they kind of like they were something that I was familiar with, but they introduced, you know, more challenging storylines and more challenging themes with stuff that I kind of like recognized and was already somewhat familiar with. So, I mean, for me, it led to like a lifelong interest in science fiction and I, I i suspect that there's a lot of kids who turn out exactly the same way and that that they went from star wars on into you know more literary science fiction and and i i'm sure that there's a ton of people who are now creating their own science fiction who got sure. their start because their kids put them you know showed showed that or their parents yeah, showed them no I, I think that you're probably right about that like i think that it is sort of like a lot of people's like entry into this and i think a big part of that is that it's like not hard sci-fi you know it's mm -hmm. like it's a little bit more like wizard of oz it's about these archetypes it's not as much like dune about like exploring what it would really be like <laughs> or anything like that you know what i mean it's just like this sort of uh uh this like americana as applied to you know flash gordon and like seven samurai and shit you mm -hmm. know but you know the dune point is funny because in a lot of ways star wars bears a lot of similarities to sure. dune and i remember coming into dune a little bit later in life and being like oh this feels like star wars and so it helps like bridge that gap they talk about the spice mines i mean yep. like you know lucas red dune you know what i mean dune is a part of what like the whole big sort of like you know big mishmash that went on in george lucas's brain that like uh, of all these different sort of pop culture things that ended up creating star wars well jack thanks so much uh for coming on the show yeah where thanks so much for having me yeah it was a pleasure um where can people find more of your work out there well you know i'm on twitter at uh at jack allison lol and uh you know i do the struggle session podcast you can find it uh, patreon.com slash struggle session and i do a morning show every day on twitch and that's at twitch.tv slash jack am i do that uh monday through friday at uh, 7 a.m pacific 10 a.m eastern awesome well thank you again and thanks everyone for listening to parents just don't understand have a good one cheers bye